Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee and the opening bell brought to you by SEI. Imagine a global operating platform designed to deliver a differentiated and technologically rich investor experience. Find out how SEI can help you succeed at SEIC.com slash imagine. Stocks are lower at the open. The S&P 500 down three tenths percent or six points to 1939. Dow Jones Industrial Average down two tenths percent or 44 points to 16,575. The Nasdaq's down half percent or 21 points to 45.49. Ten-year Treasury down 14.30 seconds, the yield 1.80 percent, and the yield in the two-year 0.77 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.8 percent or 61 cents to 32.77 a barrel. COMEX gold up nine tenths percent or ten dollars fifty cents to 12.2060 an ounce. The euros at a dollar 10.04, the yen 112.36. Tom and Mike. Cam Oscar, thank you very much. It feels like a cereal. When we last left the people of Argentina, they were in a dispute with Paul Singer and other hedge fund managers over bonds that had not been paid. Now we are moving towards a settlement. And for some people, it may be a good deal. And for some people, it may not. And that's why we bring in our referee, Katja (laughs) Porzikanski, to explain where we are. I want to get an update on where we are in terms of uh, the settlement with the holdouts and the Argentine bond deal. And then who's the winner and who's the loser? Absolutely. So where we are is probably closer to a settlement and putting this all behind us than we've ever been before. So we can all move on with our lives. It's been 15 years. Um, you won't have anything to do. <laughs> I won't have anything that. to do. I'll retire. Um, the Argentina made a proposal, a formal proposal, on February fifth. Uh, it extended to various types of bondholders and, and exactly what they've done so far in their legal steps. Uh, they had, depending on what you've done in the court, you have different options that pertain to you. The uh, holdouts like Elliott um, and uh, run by Paul Singer. Uh, Aurelius management aren't very happy with the deal because the because of what the steps that they've taken and the kind of bonds that they hold, they feel that this deal offers a better uh, resolution to to others. Like for example, Kenneth Dart, um, the foam cup magnet, uh, he got basically a hundred percent of his claim off of this deal, and Elliot would be getting seventy two point five percent of their claim. So they're not happy. But things are going in the direction in the favor of the Argentines because they've shown this goodwill uh, under President Macri that former President Kirchner simply did not do. Is this basically Macri coming uh, back and saying, look, let's get this over with and what do we need to do to settle it? Exactly. And that attitude has been monumental in changing the opinion and the mind of uh, the judge that's been presiding over this case for, for many, many years. He says this attitude change is, is the game changer that I needed to see. And as a result, so far, he's been kind of making these decisions that have really gone against uh, Elliot and turned the tables on them uh, and, and in a way, removed a lot of the leverage that they had in, in, this whole, uh, in this whole saga. So we could be seeing a pressure on them to settle sooner rather than later in a way that we hadn't seen before. Do we have a time frame for signing the documents? I would love uh, a time frame that I knew could be true. They, the uh, Argentines have basically presented a settlement that they would like everybody to get involved in by February 29th. 
Um, so it's Monday. Yes. So uh, it, it's soon, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean that Elliot will will get involved by February can, 29th. Can they stop it? Can they make this go on longer? They can try. This is the thing with this case is that everybody has a very striking incentive to end it as soon as possible. Everyone wants to get this over with as soon as possible. Uh, the thing with Elliot and and what's happening now in the courts is the if you remember, there's this injunction yeah. um, which made everything far more complicated. There's an injunction that basically prevents Argentina from paying its restructured debt until it pays Elliot that the judge that that designed that injunction, said, because of all this good faith that I've seen from Argentina in the last couple of weeks, I'm going to remove that injunction, even if Elliot isn't paid yet. That has been this this huge turning of the table events that we've seen. And um, as a result, uh, that, is, that may put pressure on Elliot to settle sooner rather than later because their leverage is now gone. Well, that's good news because it means Katya will come back <laughs> in a week or so, maybe next Monday, and explain how we've gotten through all this. Katya Porzakonski, thanks for Thank updating you. us on the – this was a big deal some, <laughs> some months ago. The, the world was going to come to an end because of the mm. Argentina situation. And see, they made nice, Tom. Uh, Tracy Holloway with us. Uh, uh, Tracy who? Year. Tracy Holloway from Bloomberg. I seem to remember that like name. I've been so quickly or... forgotten. It's amazing. Um, in the back and forth of surveillance today, we've been whipsawed by all sorts of interesting interviews, is the idea of top of market. I am thunderstruck by your note on Morgan Stanley and commercial real estate. Where yeah. They have just flat out adjusted. So I wish this is one of those times when I wish uh, maybe we weren't doing radio and I could actually show you the chart. Because if you look at a chart of commercial real estate prices, they have blown past their 2007 peak. And obviously residential housing has recovered as well, but by no means uh, has it grown to the extent that commercial real estate has. And so we have this big debate about froth in the market. And now we have Morgan Stanley analysts who are led by Richard Hill, who's a veteran of the commercial real estate industry, saying they see flat growth for the year. And what's more is they're talking about a potentially very bearish dynamic where investors, because they're not getting the sort of leveraged returns that they're used to, start demanding more income from commercial properties that potentially companies just won't be able to come up with. Remember, we're talking about an earnings recession in the U.S., it seems unlikely you're suddenly going to get a big uptick in income from commercial properties at the same time. The idea of commercial properties speaks to the Fed. Is the linkage that the Fed has provided a unique monetary milieu, which has allowed for Ooh, Steve Roach's bubble <laughs> to occur? Um, well, it's hard to argue otherwise when you see that commercial real estate chart. When you see chart. commercial real estate, yeah. I mean, something like 18% above its 2007 peak. That's pretty amazing. And it's not like anyone in 2007 was saying that commercial real estate was undervalued. Mm -hmm. And we're now 18% above it. And, of course, we have seen a lot of yield-hungry investors, to use the old cliché, pile into the asset class. Uh, they've been buying commercial mortgage-backed bonds quite a lot, sales of which are perhaps unsurprisingly now slowing uh following the interest rate rise from the Fed and also some new rules coming in. So headwinds to that sector, for sure. You have been touring the world. We have uh, barely struggled by without you. What did you learn on your global jaunt? My global tour. That's Yeah, I was in Hong Kong for a week and then Abu Dhabi and Dubai, uh, the 
oil-soaked Middle East, now even more oil-soaked, I think. What did I learn? Um, I had some interesting discussions with high-end uh, retail sales people in Hong Kong. They've seen a significant slowdown where once you used to have a Tiffany's on every corner of every block, you now have one on every other corner of every other block. Uh, in Abu Dhabi, I am reliably told there is a lot of consternation about lower oil prices. A lot of consultants and lawyers have been hired to talk about what um, the Emirate can do. Uh, unfortunately, so far, it seems they're just telling the Emiratis what they want to hear. So we'll have to see how okay. that plays out. Are you here tomorrow or are you gone for another 12 weeks? Uh, <clears throat> sadly, Tom, I, I will be here. No, I'm thrilled to be back. Good. Tracy Elway was thrilled with to have markets. Her. We'll see a lot of her in the coming days. Does a fabulous job of gleaning uh, street research and coming up with important insight you need on economics, finance, investment, and occasionally Alloway on uh, international relations as well. Uh, I read on the screen the VIX 19.80, the VIX up 0.34 points. Let's check in with John Tucker now and get the latest world and national headlines. John. All right, Michael and Tom, the Pentagon plan for closing Guantanamo's detention center and moving detainees to the U.S. isn't expected to get a warm welcome, but it's presented to Congress today the administration's last-ditch effort to make good on President Obama's campaign vow to close Guantanamo may only further antagonize lawmakers. Republican presidential candidates took last-minute appeals for support across Nevada and ahead of today's caucuses. At one rally, Texas Senator Ted Cruz said he liked the thought of Hillary Clinton behind bars. The ceasefire proposal for Syria getting support with strings today. Turkey's deputy prime minister says his country supports the plan but suggests its military could continue firing on Syrian Kurdish groups in Syria in response to attacks. A migrant crisis in France reaching a peak today. Charity groups making a last-ditch effort to delay implementation of an order by French authorities that refugees must move out of their camp in Calais by tonight. The camp of the port city has become a flashpoint. Authorities say the slum-like present a slum-like site presents sanitary and other risks. Anywhere from 800 to 3,000 people live there. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. Michael and Tom. Uh, John Tucker, thank you so much. Negative 60 on the Dow, S&P down 9 points, 1936 on the S&P uh, 500. The yen, 112.26, still strong, but not like earlier uh, this morning. Michael McKee and Tom Keene next on The Economy, Bloomberg Surveillance. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit westchestersubaru.com.